I'm Keisha Sheehan. I'm here to share real birth stories from real women within the hockey community and beyond. There is power and comfort in knowledge, and the women I get to speak with have so much to share. This is Delivered. Hello, and welcome to episode eight. Today, I get to talk with Sydney Nestrasil. She shares both of her birth stories. She has two beautiful children, and she gave birth twice in Czech Republic. So she has a unique perspective on giving birth abroad, and she openly and honestly shared some of her experiences with the early postpartum, which I think we don't talk about enough and we're not honest about enough. So I really, really appreciated Sydney's stories and what she had to share, and I hope you benefit from it as well. Hey, this is the first recorded guest episode of 2024, which feels oh wow, didn't know weird that. <laughs> but exciting. Yeah, I know. I've had a slow start <laughs> to January, um, but I'm super excited to have Sydney on with us today. She's going to tell us where she is because she just told me. But you guys, like keeping all these European cities. <laughs> And my brain is really hard right now, let alone when I'm not pregnant. So she's going to give us a little bit of her, her background and share actually the birth stories of both of her adorable children, Forrest and Josie. So Sydney, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so we are in Trinats in the Czech Republic. I don't blame you for not uh, not remembering that. It's I didn't want to butcher it. Me. I'm like, <laughs> no, even for me, and that's not even the Czech pronunciation. So, um, you know, I'm probably butchering it as well. But yeah, my my husband plays uh, in the Czech league. This is our uh, third season here, and he has two more years left on his contract. So um, we live kind of you know in the east of the Czech Republic right now. Awesome. That's, I mean, an adventure because you are from the States, right? Yes. I'm from Michigan originally. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Michigan. And then I also spent um, about 10 years in North Carolina. I went to school there okay. um, and my family was there um, for some time. And that's actually where I met my husband. And I should mention okay. my husband is Czech. So it's not completely okay. out of left yeah. field that we're playing yeah. um, in the Czech league. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel like completely foreign in that way that some people might experience where they're like in a totally new space. He's familiar and you're yeah, exactly. Familiar. I've had some other guests on where it's like they're, you know, this, this podcast is about birth. They're going into this, these experiences being like, I hope my doctor that speaks English will, can be there, you know? So some of those things For are just sure. like super For overwhelming. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, my husband probably would laugh because it's definitely more work, you know, on him because he's just <laughs> yeah. a translator all the time. He's your full-time <laughs> <And> translator. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, can you call this doctor's office for me? Um, but I definitely had those feelings as well. I wasn't completely sure if my husband was going to be there, um, right. be with me when I went into labor and I was, you know, faced with maybe having to go to the hospital and having those, all those initial first steps, um, by myself. And so, you know, I'm, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I did make sure I had kind of a team around me that spoke English and Czech so that mm -hmm. I wouldn't have to rely solely on my husband being with me if he, if he wasn't yeah. able to, to be there at that time. Yeah. And that's definitely something that has come up 
in almost all my conversations is like building your team, whether you're in Canada, in the States or in Europe, um, the guys are just not guaranteed <laughs> to be present. Right. And for the, for the woman, it's like, you, you have to do what feels right for you in terms of like creating a comfortable scenario to the best of your ability for birth so that you can feel Definitely. confident. Cause I think like, I mean, going like to a foreign country has got to be just an added layer of, um, anxiety just because it's all kind of fresh and new, but you, um, have two children. Your firstborn was your son and mm -hmm. he's so sweet. I think he's a really good mixture of you two. Also, I don't know if people tell you he's like more one or the other, but when I see everyone pictures of says him, I'm like, he's a, yeah, everyone says he's a copy of my husband. So I'm like, oh, thanks. But my husband and I kind of look similar. I mean, we're both blonde. We both have light eyes. So it's like, you get yeah, it. Yeah. And Us it's too, funny because yeah. I think our sons look somewhat similar too. Like they kind of do. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> you were pregnant right ahead of me. You had your son right before me. So I've just been following along like, yeah. oh my goodness, he's like talking and doing this now. Like maybe that's what mm -hmm. I have to look forward to, you know, with Forrest. Yeah. But yeah. Everyone says he's a carbon copy of my husband. So yeah, we'll see. Well, he's super cute. Um, so let's talk about his birth story first, because I know you have two very different ones to tell. So just kind of walk us through, obviously <clears throat> you were in Czech, you gave birth mm -hmm. in Czech with him. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So when did you realize that, you know, you were getting close to go time? Well, so I was due um, in March, which is the very end of the hockey season here. It's, mm -hmm. it's right before playoffs. I was actually um, due like the first week of playoffs and, um, so That's my husband, at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and my husband's team like here always makes, they had won the league for a few years in a row. So, they, you know, it would have been more of a shock if they weren't going to be making playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, the one kind of, you know, the one thing on our side was that, you know, they were placed so well that there was a good chance they were going to have a bye week before they, mm -hmm. they could skip the first round of playoffs. And so I was always like, that would be amazing if I could yeah. go into labor that week because he would just be at home. Um, yeah. He was here in Trinats, but our home base is in Prague. And I, since we were so close to the end of the season, I felt like, you know, I would rather give birth around Prague. I would rather be at our home that feels comfortable, mm -hmm. kind of nesting. Um, so I found, you know, a hospital it was actually 50 minutes from Prague, which was pretty, a little bit risky, but I don't know. I guess people who live in big cities in the States, they have a commute to the hospital most of the time as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I had kind of built a team around me. You know, I hired a midwife, a doula, just to make sure that I would have people to contact, you know, that spoke both English and Czech that could be there with me. Um, should my husband not be there, he would be a few hours away. Um, and, and uh, they recommended that I give birth, you know, at a hospital outside of Prague, um, that it was more mother led mother friendly, a little mm -hmm. bit more kind of open minded in that sense, whereas the hospital systems in Prague, um, were a little bit more kind of in and out the door type thing. And yeah, and so so, so yeah, so that was, that was the biggest thing that was kind of a little bit nerve wracking as I was getting close to birth. Cause I knew that I had about an hour drive and, you know, mm -hmm. in the movies, you always see people like immediately water breaking, <laughs> yeah. rushing. 
just but pure panic I, the instant yeah, yeah. it starts yeah I think that was the biggest thing for me is just like the anxiety of just like not knowing how it was going to go down. I was approaching, I I think I was 39 weeks to the day. I'd had some cramping for a couple of weeks, which I knew was normal. And then, you know, at one point I realized I was losing my mucus plug. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I texted my midwife. I was texting her pictures of everything, like just no shame. (laughs) So graphic. Yeah. Yeah, she probably loved it because midwives are like (laughs) built for that. They're like, oh, yes, her mucus plug. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I think this is my mucus plug. I'm not really sure. Like, you know, and and so I will mention this this was the week that my husband was home. So we were both home together in Prague. Um, So it was a week. So I essentially went a week early because I was 39 weeks. And, um, so it ended up being perfect timing. I was with my husband. So I texted my midwife and, you know, she had, she told me, oh, it might be, you know, your mucus plug. Just, if you feel fine, just relax. Like, you know, so I think Mm -hmm. I took a bath. I went to bed that night. Um, didn't stress the next morning, you know, continued to kind of lose my mucus plug all day. I, I was still working. I just, I decided I was going to work up till the day (laughs) and it was a Friday. And I, you know, so I was 39, you know, this was probably, or maybe that Friday I was 39 weeks. And, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just, I was bouncing on my ball at my desk and was just working. And I was like, I might as well, like, what else, what else am I doing? <laughs> I might as well yeah, go through these yeah. emails. And, and so I was just working. I continued to lose my mucus plug throughout the day. And then I started to notice like a little bit of like a trickle of water. But again, in the mm-hmm. movies, you kind of expect yeah. this like big, like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, this whoosh of water come out of you. And it was just very slight. And I, again, I, t- I was in contact with my midwife. And so she said, you know what, later tonight, I'll just swing by. And I have this, you know, solution, we can just pour on it and test if it's your amniotic fluid. Um, And I was like, okay, really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't think this is your water that broke. Like I, you know, but let's test it. So she, she was like, if it lights up blue, like it's your amniotic fluid. And so she poured the, (laughs) yeah. So she poured the water and it was just bright. It was just lit up blue. And I just kind of looked at her and was like, what does that mean? Because, you know, I think the rule of thumb typically is like once your water breaks even partially you have it the clock is ticking and they really yeah. want you to deliver within a certain window so that you know bacteria doesn't get um to the baby and and um all that but at the same time that also leads to a lot of inductions and uh i was not wanting an induction <laughs> yeah um you know i i was definitely open minded like whatever's the safest way for me and my baby, of course, at the end of the day, if someone yeah. was very adamant, but there's also a lot of unnecessary inductions that happen. And mm-hmm. that's also why it's great to have a midwife that will advocate for you. They're knowledgeable. They have an actual mm-hmm. medical background as well compared to, you know, a doula. Um, and so she told me, she said, look, they're going to start the clock as soon as you get to the hospital. So if you feel okay, you know, you can just stay here until you stay home until you start feeling something. And um, I trusted her, you know, I, yeah. I, I asked her, I said, in your medical opinion, am I, would I be doing anything, you know, that could potentially harm the baby? And she said, look, you have some time, you know, she said, you're going to have this baby within a day, which was yeah. the first time I was like, what? Like, I kind of knew, yeah. but she was like, oh, you're yeah. having this baby in 24 hours. And I was like, what I called my husband he was downstairs 
And, um, I said, yeah, you're probably gonna want to come back upstairs. She said, I'm going to deliver like in the next day. And he was like, Oh, like same. He like didn't yeah. know what to, he didn't know how to process that. Um, it's so funny. Cause you're waiting, you're waiting and waiting and waiting for like something to feel different to go into labor. But yeah, you don't like realize like, Oh, like this is happening. I'm going to have yeah. this baby. Yeah. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a bizarre, I can just relate to that. Like light bulb moment where you're like, Oh, this pain 100%. is leading to something. I just wanted to oh, yeah, touch on like, what a comfort, what a comfort for you in your first experience to have somebody telling you these things, because I think like I'm, I always hype up doulas, midwives, like if you can afford it and you can include it in your plan, like what a comfort in such an unknown situation, because you probably, if you didn't have her telling you those things, you would have gone to the hospital and been like, my water is like, (laughs) you know, there would have been a lot more, um, a lot more nerves, a lot more of just like anxiety because you don't know what to expect, what things are going to feel like your first time around. And so I'm just like, so grateful for you that you had somebody being like, yeah, look, you're fine. Like make the decision that feels right to you. Cause Mm -hmm. you don't get told that, (laughs) that much. No. You know, unfortunately, (laughs) yeah, no, I completely agree. And unfortunately, the, you know, hospital systems and the medical field, especially in the US, um, Mm -hmm. has gone so far from what it naturally is to kind of give birth Mm -hmm. and the process. And you were meant to have those support people if you're just thinking, you know, way, way back in the day, that's that's how it was kind of meant to be. Yeah. And it was meant that way for, you know, a reason. My mom used to work, um, you know, as one of the heads of the OBGYN department at, at large hospital systems. And so you hear stuff all the time and then just experiences from friends and family as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something also like, you know, just to touch on that made me more okay with the idea of giving birth in check that I knew several people who didn't necessarily have great birth experiences in the States either. So Mm -hmm. it's not like that's like a perfect experience. Absolutely. Um, You know, she encouraged me. She said, I said, can I take a bath? Cause I had, you know, cramping and she said, yeah, you can take a bath, which again, some people recommend against once your water kind of is breaking, but you know, we kind of went over everything and, and, and she said, I think it's a partial break obviously. And so um, you should be fine. And so I, I think, uh, so I took a bath and, and she said, look, I'm going to, you know, try to get some sleep since you, you're not mm-hmm. feeling anything at this point, it was probably 10 in the evening, you know, mind you, my mucus plug started the day before. So it's, it had already been, you know, 24 hours of kind of these little things. Yeah. And so I was like, great. She's like, I'm going to go home. You know, obviously I'm on call. She said, you know, if you start feeling anything, you know, start feeling some contractions, you know, you can head to the hospital or you can text me or call me. I laid down in bed and probably within a half an hour, I felt like what felt like a sharp gas pain. And yeah. I didn't think anything of it. And then a few minutes <laughs> Which later. Which is so funny. <laughs> I know. Well, I just, you know, in pregnancy, once you're nine months pregnant, you have so many aches and pains all yes, the time. Yes. You're just like, I feel like, weird all the time. Yes. <laughs> so this is just nothing, another weird thing. Feeling, yes. Yeah. Feeling weird yes. is normal. And yes. I had um, SDP. I had, I had terrible pelvic pain in both of my pregnancies. Oh, I had okay. really big babies. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm so not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that'll, you. that'll, that'll. <laughs> You'll, you'll hear we'll why my there, daughter we'll just there. kind of slipped. My daughter just slipped right out. Um, 
because my son just blew such a big path. So yeah, he did. So, I mean, it's funny because like, you're like, okay, you lost your mucus plug, you know, you're in labor, but like, still, you don't know what contractions are supposed yes. to feel like a lot it's of people. Have Hicks. Yeah. It's like, is this, I don't know. I don't want to like panic. I don't want to. So, and then a couple minutes later, I had another one. And then mm -hmm. I think by the third, I was like, hmm, this is rhythmic. <laughs> like this is yeah, just, this is a pattern know, here. <laughs> there's a pattern here. So I, like I said, she, she gave me the all clear to take a bath, relax, go in bed. And then I started having those rhythmic, um, mm -hmm. you know, what I thought was like a gas pain, but then after a few in a row, I realized this is really rhythmic. This is probably a contraction. Okay. It's go time. Like, you know, and so I said to my husband, I think I'm having contractions and he's like, okay, so are, do you want to go to the hospital? Do you want like, what are you, what are we doing? And I was so nervous for the drive that it was an hour away. I was still intimidated by that. So I said, you know what? better be like safe than sorry. I mm -hmm. know that the first labors can take a while, but you know, I would hate to like be in the car and it be, right. you know, really, really painful. Um, I was definitely open to like an epidural. Like I didn't have any kind of set plan or expectation, but I kind of went into it. Like, we'll see how I'm handling this, but I'm totally fine with accepting <laughs> any sort of yeah. pain relief or help if I feel like I need it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I also was like, you know, I want to get there and, you know, there's a certain window of time that you can get an epidural. And so it was 11 PM on a Friday at this point. So I was like, there's no traffic. That's totally fine. And, um, so we packed up all of our hospital bag, everything. Um, and we got in the car and we started heading to the hospital and, you know, thankfully we did because the, my contractions really ramped up in the car. Um, I was having to kind of like stop and, and breathe through them. I was kind of surprised, you know, cause a lot of the stories that you hear from first deliveries, it takes a long time. Like it's very mm -hmm. slow, but actually mine kind of went zero to a hundred. I feel like really, really quickly. So we got to the hospital and at this point, I was having to like stop walking like on our way into the hospital. They were so intense. I would have to tell my husband like, oh, I'm getting a contraction and Here it comes. You know, we we're holding all of our stuff and I would just stand there. I like couldn't walk. I was just like in pain. And so I was just standing there. And um, then we slowly made our way to the front, the front door, I guess what you could consider the front door. Um, you know, I should send you pictures of where I gave birth because it really is something it definitely, um, the aesthetics in the Czech Republic, everything's extremely old, um, very old school. You really have to just get over the aesthetics of what things look like. <laughs> when I first like had gone to a couple different of the hospitals in Czech over the years for, you know, whether it be like my, you know, appointment appointments throughout pregnancy or just for, you know, if I was sick or whatever it may be. And I was like looking around at some of these hospitals, like telling my husband, like, this would be like shut down in the States. Like this is failing <laughs> code, but you know, it was, for me, it was more important the people. Um, yeah. and my, my midwife and my doula had recommended the doctor that was at this hospital. That's, that's why I was okay. going there that she, she delivered here. So when we get to the front door, it's not at all like a hospital you would expect, you know, in North America where you kind of walk in, 
there's like lights, people around or receptionist, you know, it's a 24 hour, you know, seven day a week operation. (laughs) And it's a very formal process of like checking in. No, we had to ring a doorbell. Like all the lights are shut off. There's no one there. It's like very, oh it was, half the building was under construction. It was like a very rundown building. Um, and we had to ring a doorbell. Then they let you in, you go up to the, the, you know, delivery floor and there's no like receptionist or front desk. There's like a nurse who comes out. Um, they had to test us at this time for COVID. My, my son mm-hmm. was born in March, 2022. They have to do the non-stress test on, mm-hmm. on your belly, on the baby for the first 20 minutes before they admit you to a room. And so during that, I was like looking at my husband, like they better hurry this up. Like I'm <laughs> like in a lot nice. of pain. The, the woman that was checking us in was, was speaking Czech. And so my husband was, you know, speaking with her and I was just getting incredibly frustrated because all of the information we had provided them leading up, it was as if they didn't have any of that. And they were just asking us the same questions yeah. over. I mean, they literally asked me, uh, at one point and, you know, mind you, I'm like having these contra- intense contractions And they asked me at one point, like what my degree was in school. And I just looked at my husband and I was like, I'm going to kill her. Like, if you don't do something right now, I was just like, are you for real? Can we do this later? I was just like like, (laughs) glaring at him. Like you better handle this. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. So, so yeah, it was really intensifying. Like at that point. I had been having contractions for, you know, maybe a little over an hour, you know, the whole time it took us to get to the hospital and they got us into our room. And, um, I turned to my husband and I said, I want an epidural. Like it's, it's really intensifying. And if I'm only like a partial, like, you know, way through Mm -hmm. this, then I think I would love some, um, some assistance, you know, I want to be present. I want to enjoy it. And I don't want to be so removed from it because of the pain and, you know, no shame in that for me, I was fine. Yeah. with it. Um, and so one thing I should also clarify is they don't give epidurals the same way uh, they get, they administer them the same way, but they don't, it's not the same strength at all okay. as it is okay. in the States. So I was warned about that when I was talking with my midwife and I was talking with my doctors about all my options. And they said, you know, over here, it's really, it's called a walking epidural, um, which I think you can actually request that in the States, like have a smaller dosage if you you want, but that's not the standard. But here that's at least at the hospital that I gave birth at, which I've had a lot of friends who gave birth at other hospitals that it was similar. I was warned even with the epidural here, it does not take the pain away. Mm-hmm. You're not numb. You can walk. The hence, it's hence just the a name. little like a little less intense. It just but it's takes still... the edge off. <laughs> yeah. And I and yeah. initially, like in conversations, I was like, "Oh, you know what? That's fine. Like all I'll yeah. all I'll probably need is like them to take the little bit of edge yeah. off." Um, yeah. <laughs> and that'll be fine, right? And so, anyway, so you know. I was in the room. I I had a nice, a great, I had a great room and I had tried getting into the hot tub, you know, everything was intensifying. And I just looked at my husband and I said, I don't care what they say. Tell them I want the epidural. Like, let's get this going. So they, they brought the anesthesiologist in. He, um, administered the epidural and 
for that hour, I felt like I could breathe a little bit easier. We kind of called my FaceTime to my family and it was great. But to their point, I still was breathing through every contraction. It was still yeah. painful. Um, it did really just take the edge off. But another thing they told me, it was only going to last for an hour and then it's, <laughs> and then it's done. You're like watching um, the clock. Like, I mean, like, it really now, was, it yeah, really was yeah. like, it really was like on the dot where I, I kind of so looked up at my midwife and I was like, this is getting really painful again. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I asked, I said like, can I have another dose? Like what's, you know, um, because again, it wasn't like I was, you know, I, I send, um, when I'm on Instagram, sometimes I send these posts to my husband of like the videos of people like pre-epidural and post-epidural and like post-epidural where they're like, they're just like sitting there, like eating, watching TV. And yeah. I'm like, that was not my experience even no. with my epidural. <laughs> I was still like gripping my husband's yeah. arm. Like it really did just like barely take the edge off. And, um, after my hour was up, they would not give me more, which I've actually heard from friends now. Other people have gotten more doses, but I don't know if it's because how far along I was that they didn't want to, like, I was getting very close to pushing. Who knows? Yeah. But I was yeah. only given that one dose that lasted one hour. And I think it kind of set me up for failure because mm -hmm. <laughs> it basically, instead of like working, like slowly intensifying, I kind of had a break and then it went from like zero to 10 yeah. immediately. Because when it wore off, you were in it. Like, so it skipped yes. that middle chunk where it like, it skipped the yes. progression basically, it, which, yeah, exactly. wow. Exactly. So I was like very caught off guard um, with how painful it was. And they had checked me and they said like, no, it's time to like, you're almost, it's re ready to push. And so um, again, it was very quick. I think for a first yeah. birth, yeah. you know, my contractions had kind of started around 11 PM. Um, I got my epidural around two or three in the morning. And then at this point it was like four, four in the morning. I progressed the last little bit, um, without anything. And the, those, that hour or two was kind of a blur. I was really, um, you know, I had not really done any of the kind of like hypnobirthing or mm -hmm. I didn't really prepare for an unmedicated birth. I just kind of was like went into it naively of like, yeah, you know what, like I'll see what happens. And worst case scenario, I have the safety net of the epidural, but the epidural just didn't end up being what I expected. Yeah. Even with the warnings, it was still like yeah. way less um, than what I was expecting. And so those two, those, those couple hours were kind of a blur. It was extremely painful. I was on my back, which is like not the best position at all, but I just was so frozen in, in the pain yeah. and, you know, was just gripping my husband's arm. My husband had like nail marks all up Plot and down <laughs> his arm afterwards. Um, <sighs> and it was kind of just a little chaotic. Like I was yeah. at the end, because again, it just went from like, oh, this isn't, this isn't too bad. Like I can manage this. And then all of a sudden I was kind of hit in the face with the pain. And then it was time to push. And I had, um, I think almost an hour of pushing, um, okay. which again is not, you know, terrible, but then comparatively to my daughter, like it, that's a long yeah. time. <laughs> and now looking back, I think it was because of my positioning that I was laying kind of the traditional sense that you see in yeah. movies and on TV, you're laying on your back. Um, and I think that 
definitely did me a disservice in my first labor. And, and, you know, obviously the most painful part, you know, when you have an unmedicated birth is kind of the transition that the baby goes through. That's right before you start pushing. And that's usually when a lot of people kind of start giving up or saying that they want an epidural or something. And so, you know, that happened and, you know, it was just a blur. It was a lot of yelling. Um, I, you know, I never (laughs) thought I would be like screaming, but I really, I was really yelling. I was like, you guys have to help me. Like, I'm so exhausted. He's not coming out, you know, really experienced like the ring of fire. You know, Mm -hmm. he was just kind of stuck coming in and out for a little (laughs) while. And, um, you know, they were really, which, which I credit the doctors because, or my doctor, because she was so cool, calm and collected, but like in a supportive way of like, I was kind of freaking out a little bit of just like, I'm in so much pain. You guys have to intervene. Mm -hmm. And she knew that intervening was not the best thing for me, like physically, like, uh, she didn't want to use, you know, the suction or anything until that was like an absolute last resort, which I'm so grateful for because you don't really think as clearly when you're in a lot of pain. Right. Right. And, um, they were getting very close though, to having to use something to help get him out. And I think just with my husband, like saying like, he's right there, you know, he's right there, just, you know, give it a proper push. Cause also when you're in a lot of pain, half of your contractions, you might use the proper way. And then the other half, you're just kind of yelling. And they told me like, yeah. you need to stop, not, not in a mean way, but yeah. like, you know, they told stop me like, yelling. you, you need like, to like, yeah, calm down, bear yeah. down and like yeah. and use it. But when it's your yeah. first time, it's like, you don't really Pushing know. Is so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Pushing, and, yeah. and again, like I said, with my son, I really didn't feel the natural like instinct with it. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's because I had a partial epidural or because I was laying down. I don't know really yeah. what contributed to it, but it did. It definitely did me a disservice. But so anyways, you know, I finally, you know, I really just was like, okay, I want, I want him out of me yeah. <laughs> and I want this pain to stop. And so, you know, I finally just, you know, after a couple of utilizing the contractions, right. And pushing, you know, I got him out and, you know, it was immediate relief. I could not believe that it was, that it was, you know, quote unquote over, you know, the labor part. And they actually, you know, could immediately see why it kind of was a struggle a little bit for me because not only was he, he was a really big baby. He was, he was 9.2 pounds, which I'm definitely not like a huge person. So yeah, no, um, you're not. (laughs) So that was, you know, my husband's was early. and he was a week early. Yeah, he was a week yeah. early. Yeah, oh so gosh. he was, uh, you know, four point two kilos, but nine point two pounds. They actually tested him for diabetes because if any baby is above four kilos, yeah. they have to like test them. So that was one reason. And then the second reason was they um, they said that he had the shortest umbilical cord they've ever seen. They were wow. shocked that I carried full term. So they also said that like probably didn't help. Um, that he was kind of coming in, out, in, out, in, out. Um, and they were all, they were all taking pictures of the, this was later on, <laughs> later on once we had cut the cord and everything, but they were taking pictures of the umbilical cord, which is, which is <laughs> funny. Um, most people, a lot of people have to get stitches afterwards, which I, I did. I had, I think I had a second degree tear. Um, so then I had to get stitched up 
without an epidural as well, which, you know, so many people kind of, I think this is like an important point to make that, you know, so many people kind of told me, oh, you're not even going to feel the stitches because your baby is going to be on your chest and you're going to have, you know, all these hormones and you're Mm -hmm. just going to be so in love and it's, you're just going to feel like the oxytocin and you're going to, you know, you're going to be in just like such a blissful place kind of. And you're going to feel that bond and you're just not even going to care about the labor and everything. But I really had a different experience. And, you know, I think that a lot of women don't talk about it as much. And, and thankfully, I actually had a family member who told me, you might not bond right away. She has four kids. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me ahead of time, like, you might not bond like immediately. And thank, thank God that she told me that because yeah. I didn't really like I knew that that was an option. And so, whereas like, if I didn't have, have that conversation with her ahead of time, which so many women don't, um, I might've thought like something like what's wrong with me type of thing, but the labor and delivery was so intense and caught me off guard a lot from what I kind of expected that I was in so much pain physically. I, you know, I've never had a major surgery. I've never had to recover from anything. This was truly one of the biggest, you know, the biggest physical feats my body has ever been through and recovery. Never had injury like that or like had to have stitches and things like that. So to have that all at once in such a rush and chaotic moment. And then, you know, I did not, I was not sitting there. Like I was sitting there thinking these stitches really hurt. Like I'm just, you know, I have my, my I'm not immune to any of this. No, no, I had, you know, I think they actually ended up giving me a local anesthetic because I was just like this, like it took her 30 minutes to stitch me. So Mm -hmm. 30 minutes of that. And just like needle right after you gave birth, it it feels like, you know, someone, yeah, like lit of yeah. kerosene, you know, uh, had kerosene <laughs> and lit a match down there, and then someone sticking a needle down there. Yeah. It's just like, so they, I think they ended up giving me a little plan of psych, but you know, I think that's really important. I did not feel this immediate, oh my goodness, like my world has mm-hmm. changed. This is so blissful. This is such a beautiful moment. I did not feel that. I felt like this has been such a long night. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Both of my husband and I are sleep deprived. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm in a lot of pain. Like, you know, this was much more painful than I expected. And, you know, I had less help than I thought I was going to have. And Mm -hmm. so it really did take some time to come down from that and like, start slowly recovering that I was able to enjoy the early postpartum period. Um, and I was, I was able to enjoy it much more with my daughter because I didn't have, you know, any injury. It wasn't mm-hmm. really a huge physical effort for me. Um, I wasn't as exhausted. So I, I'm, I'm grateful that I've had both experiences to compare it to so that I can say, oh, this is a, this was unique to that situation. It's not because yeah. I just, you know, didn't bond with this specific baby. <laughs> it's because, yeah. you know, I had such different labors And I think people, you know, downplay a lot of the time how intense that can be, even for people who do have a medicated birth or a C-section or whatever, it's still, you know, you're still recovering from labor, regardless of what type you have. And that really does 
I would assume, and from talking to other women, you know, it does definitely prevent you from being fully present and enjoying absolutely all those moments that you're quote unquote supposed to enjoy. I just um, think it's important to normalize that because it's like you go through so much that it's it makes sense that you can't like be there with the hundred percent presence that you would want to, you know. So I just wanted to touch yeah, on that. Yeah, and everyone, you know, everyone focuses on the baby, which of course you should, but you know, I think the mother needs a lot of babying as well, especially in the Czech Republic. <laughs> They're not known for their bedside manner, you know, and I know there's probably um, positive and negative stories in the U.S. as well, anywhere that you would go, but they're very like direct people. And so, you know, I remember like right away, they were like having me trying to have me like stand up and walk to the shower. And I almost passed out like the first time Mm -hmm. and had to start over again. And they just wanted to get me moving. Um, I remember like the next day, my milk I was like, is it, should it come in yet? You know, that's a, that's a whole other thing and stressor Mm -hmm. that like a lot of people don't tell you it can take like four to five days. And one of the nurses just like grabbed my boob and like squeezed and was like, yep, you're, you'll be good. And I was just like, okay, I'm so used (laughs) to the Czech Republic. I'm so used to the people. So it wasn't like too shocking, but I was like telling my husband's like, oh my gosh, what, what would people think like in North America? It's just so, I walked away from my experience of like, I think all in all, like I, I did have quote unquote, a good birth. I mean, it was a fairly quick labor from start to finish for a first time labor with a big baby. I didn't have to have any intervention. I didn't have to get induced. So a lot of these things Mm -hmm. kind of did like check off boxes that I had in my mind. Um, but in general, I just didn't know what to expect. And so I was caught off guard by a few things and just kind of the recovery after, but you know, I feel like everyone kind of feels a bit of that with their, their labors. And then my daughter's birth was totally different. Yeah. You can just give us the the cliff notes of hers. You obviously said hers was less. I will. I'll just give you the cliff notes. Physically taxing. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. I'll give you the quick, I'll give you the quick cliff notes, but yeah, she, you know, I had built up my son's birth in my head so much of like, this is going to be like, I already knew like I wasn't going to have a lot of assistance with pain management because we were going to be here. And, you know, I already built it up so much in my head. Like this is going to be extremely like painful. This is going to be a physical feat. Like, you know, so I stayed at home for a really long time. Um, we, I would gave birth at a different hospital um, that was about 20 minutes away. So we were closer. The body is so crazy because I literally, I gave birth to my husband, uh, my husband, <laughs> gave birth to my, my son, um, 39 plus one and my daughter yeah. was 39 plus three. Um, wow. so Consistent. right around the same time yeah. and I lost my mucus plug at the same time of day. Wow. Um, but the only difference is I went into labor right away with my daughter. Whereas like with my son, it took a whole 24 hours after I lost my mucus plug. And I was like, you know what, this is going to be a long endeavor. It's going to be painful. I'm going to just take a bath. I'm going to chill. I'm going to steam. I did work. I did more work as far as like hypnobirthing and stuff, not Mm -hmm. extremely, but I did, you know, a little bit of like the affirmation of counting my breaths because I knew I needed something 
to cope better this time yeah. than the first time around. So I had been working on that. I'm going to let my husband sleep because the first time we like lost an entire night yeah. and that was terrible. So, you know, thank God I went to the hospital when I did, because I would have given birth at home or had a car birth or something. I, I think one of your other, you know, who, yeah. someone else you interviewed, like had a, had a car birth, I think, or yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. They told me for my third, they were like, just, you could just stay at home and give birth at home. But, um, so yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want to bother my husband. I was just laying, you know, in bed next to him, just like breathing through, just like counting. And then at 3am, you know, I was like, I was texting with my mom and she was like, you should really go like second babies come faster. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. I had it so built up, but you know, long story short, we luckily decided to go to the hospital. We did the non, you know, the non-stress test again. And I was like, no, this is really getting, you know, this is really getting painful. And you, we had to walk up to the next floor to get admitted to a delivery room. But before you do that, you have to kind of go into this waiting room to get checked by a doctor to see how far you are along. And then yeah. they'll admit you, you can get your hospital gown, you can get settled in all that stuff. So we were walking, we took the elevator. Thank God the elevator didn't stop or something. So yeah, no kidding. we were with, you know, it was just me, my husband and my doula at this point. And um, my midwife was attending a different birth. And, you know, we got up to the floor. And, you know, as soon as we walked into the waiting room, mind you, this is like an office room. There's like a desk and, yeah. a, and with a computer, there's like this little skinny exam <laughs> table, but it's, it's not like a delivery. It's not like a right. delivery chair. And immediately when we walked in, I looked at my husband and I was like, I need, I want an epidural. I want something. I, this is so painful right now. Um, and my doula kindly told me, I think it's too late for that. I think you yeah. moved past that point. And yeah. just within seconds, I mean, I was like, I could feel what everyone describes of your body just naturally pushing. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything. I could feel my body pushing the baby out. And I mm -hmm. literally said to my husband, like, the baby is coming right now. Yeah. And, um, wow. I was, I was still in my, you know, my clothes from home. I was in my sweatpants. Yeah. I was in everything. And, and my doula said like, okay, we need to take, you know, we need to take down your pants. We need to, you know, yeah. try to crawl up on the table, this skinny little, yeah, I was skinny little <laughs> exam table. And they're like, can you try to crawl up here on all fours? And again, I was frozen with pain. Right and now I'm realizing the baby was transitioning. That's why I was in so much pain. Yes. And, um, I just kind of was telling my husband, like, I mean, it was, that was like, kind of, I was like, I could not believe this was happening. Like we had just gotten to the hospital, yeah. you know, 15 minutes before. And so I find myself being able to kind of crawl up onto the table. I was on all fours on this just skinny little table. They had taken down my sweatpants. A couple of nurses ran in and they were like, the baby's right there. So you just need to, the baby's head is right there. I thought my husband was lying and I pushed like a couple times, my whole water broke yeah. and the baby came right out. And I think my doula was there to catch the baby maybe, or the nurse, there was no doctor. <laughs> and, um, wow. they helped me turn around on this like skinny little table back onto my Balance back so that, <laughs> yeah, so that they could put the baby on my chest and I looked at my husband and I was like, 
I cannot, we could not believe it. I mean, we literally yeah. felt like we like went to the mall and picked up a baby. Like it was just yeah. so quick. <laughs> there was no process. Yeah. There was no wow. process. And um, I could stand up and walk right away. Yeah. I had no pain. I had, wow. you know, no injury. It was probably because I was all on, on all fours of my positioning. Yeah. And the That's fact interesting. that, I mean, the fact that my, I don't know, I joke that my son blew a big path, but the, I'm sure my body, it was, I had close pregnancies. So I'm sure my body yeah. was used to it, but it was really incredible. The difference it made. I mean, I literally could just step up and walk over to our delivery room. Wow. And then, then they got us into a delivery room afterwards. It was a little too late. Um, <laughs> and my husband and I, we signed ourselves out of the hospital a few hours later. Um, we wow. had our pediatrician do home visits for the first week. My midwife came to check on me. Um, to make sure everything was feeling good physically and, you know, check on my uterus and everything. And so mm -hmm. we literally, I mean, we went to the hospital at four 30 in the morning. I delivered at like five and then we were home by 11 and we just had this new that baby. Is, it was so crazy, crazy. but it's like I kind had, of amazing, but it also is. kind of like really fast. You probably were like, okay, now we have two uh, kids. Here we go. Oh my gosh. It was, it was like, okay, but yeah. it was, I like, and I, and I, it's, it's so funny. Everyone relates to these experiences very differently because I know some people who have very quick deliveries like that, it's kind of traumatic for them and they can't process. Yeah. But for me, it was the opposite of like, I mean, it was hard to process at first. Cause you're like, wow, I can't believe like, I didn't even, I didn't even stay in the hospital. Like I, no one even helped me. Yeah. I literally could have just given birth at home. Yeah. But, um, we were so grateful for it. I was like, I was so grateful mm -hmm. that the pain was really quick you know, I didn't have, you know, I don't know if it was because I didn't have any sort of medical, you know, I didn't have an epidural. I didn't have anything. Maybe that was why I was able to feel my body push. Maybe the positioning yeah. was great. So, you know, in the moment I was like, I would love some pain relief, but it was so quick that it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was perfect. And again, I had no injury. So it just makes your experience totally night and day. I felt like I felt so much more like myself right away. Um, yeah. I know like with my son, I was still having pain from the labor and delivery Well, from the delivery, like 10 weeks postpartum. And with my daughter, I, after like three or four weeks postpartum, I was like, all right, can I start doing stuff again? Like I just, That's my body awesome. felt so normal. I, and it's so funny. Cause I had, I had like my doctor, I had specifically picked out I had my yeah. midwife I specifically <laughs> did picked work. out yeah. and no one was That's there. So I mean, my midwife was yeah. attending to a C-section. My doctor was not even at the hospital. My doula didn't have to do any coaching. She was there yeah, for like five she minutes. She had to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> catch her. So, you know, that That's just so also funny. goes to show you like, you, you know, you could plan, you know, and I know a lot of people have mm -hmm. said this on your podcast, you can have the best made plans, but you never know how it's going to go down. Yeah. Now I'm scared for my third that it's like, it's going to come so <laughs> fast. I'm just I'm not going to have like, stand there. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just going to fall right yeah. out of me. That's an amazing contrast to have, like for both experiences. I know like some women have very like similar births for multiple children and some yeah. women have very different and that is very different. And yeah. I just think, yeah, there's so many interesting factors that you mentioned. Like I, I mean, I gave birth on my back as well um, for my first. And I I just can totally understand how that's just like not 
physiologically helpful. Like, so I'm hopeful that I can do some things differently for my second as well. But it's just so interesting that you like, it's hard to know what factors lended to you not having as much pain and recovery time. But I, I am interested in the whole idea that birthing positions can play a big role I in think that. It does. So, I think it does. Yeah. There's a lot of like little things I did differently yeah. with my daughter. And you, I don't know, you, you can never say which contributed, but I was kind of thinking like, man, if I would have just been a little bit more open-minded with my son, you know, cause sometimes I, I was a little turned off by the, some doulas can be very extreme one way, yeah. you know, very, 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 very like, very, yes, yeah. very, like hippie yeah. and Sometimes I'm kind of like, all right, that's a little too much for me. Um, yeah. So if I would have been a little bit more open-minded to certain things, I always think, okay, maybe I could have gotten away with my first delivery also not having like an injury because, you know, as you know, like, you know, I I never got to see because I was, I got pregnant again at around nine months. And obviously it takes your body a lot longer than that to recover from your first pregnancy yeah. and labor. So. I don't know what my body will feel like when it's all said and done. You live and you learn and it was a healthy right. delivery and my son was healthy and that's that's what's important. Um, and, you know, I could have easily still had needed stitches, you know, with it being my first baby. Um, so you never know. Absolutely. But, yeah. but, but yeah, I did prepare a little bit differently. You yeah. never know. Those are, well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and I'm glad they both resulted in those beautiful, healthy babies. And it seems, I mean, guys, she's four months postpartum. She looks amazing. And she just has like a energy about her. I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> where can I get that for my next? <laughs> just like a lot no, of coffee today. <laughs> just a lot of coffee. Yeah. Um, no, but it's really, really cool to hear two very different stories from one, one person. And I like to ask the question too, what surprised you the most either about yourself in motherhood or just motherhood in general? I think I always wanted to be a mom. My whole life, I was like very excited. Even when I was younger, I always, you know, knew I wanted kids. I always loved like the movie, like Cheaper by the Dozen, just all <laughs> these kids, like chaos yeah. running around 24 seven. And so I thought that becoming a mother would be very, very natural and seamless. Mm -hmm. And what I touched on earlier is with my son, it really took some time to feel like he was mine. Like all of a sudden you just kind of have this baby. And it was so weird for the longest time for me to be like, oh yeah, I have a son or, oh, I'm a mom. Like even for like a year, I feel like yeah. it wasn't. And, and again, luckily I did have women around me who who would talk about it. I had one of my colleagues tell me like, oh, it took me a year and a half until like that identity really sunk in. And so I was like, oh, okay. So that's normal for some. So that was, that was surprising because I just always thought it would be completely natural. I saw that your husband said something similar that you just expect mm -hmm. the bond to immediately be there. And, you know, right. I felt, I struggled a lot um, with feeling kind of guilty and a little bit ashamed in the early six months with my son. I, I wouldn't say I had postpartum depression, maybe a little bit of the baby blues, but it wasn't more, I had these expectations that society had built that, you know, 
maybe for the dad, it takes a while to bond, you know, they're not breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. they're not doing these things. But for the mother, it should be instantaneous, you should want Mm -hmm. to be around your baby all the time, you should be wanting to those things. And my son was not the best sleeper. And that was just such a tough transition overnight. Um, the, the labor delivery recovery, um, you know, my mom, my mom was with me for the first month and, you know, she had to help me shower. You know, I was in, I was in so much pain. And then on top of that, you have someone to take care of. And then even when I got past that initial healing stage, it still just didn't settle in for a long time. So that was the most surprising thing for me about motherhood, because I just always thought I would be an absolute natural. And the Mm -hmm. fact that my son did not seem to be responding to, you know, it really didn't matter if he were, if he was with me, if he was with my husband, my mother-in-law, you know, he was, um, he definitely went through kind of a colicky phase and was not the best sleeper. And just, I just felt this pressure of, I should know the answer because I'm the mom. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. felt like I was failing um, a lot in the first year with my son. My friends all see me as succeeding. You know, my mom, she, she watches me on our, our Nanit camera in the middle of the night doing stuff. And she always sends me really nice, encouraging things. But for me, I really did feel like I was failing. So that really caught me off guard. And to be completely honest with you, having my daughter healed a lot of those doubts Mm -hmm. because with my daughter, I was able to have a more instant connection because I had such a seamless delivery and recovery. I think that was a huge part of it. Yeah. I really enjoyed my maternity leave and I've really been enjoying postpartum. It seems that I'm really in tune with her needs and Mm -hmm. she settles with me. She likes to be with me. And so that's really instilled a lot more confidence in me and kind of heal that's kind of healed in the last few months all the doubts i had from the first year with my son sometimes you'll talk to friends and family and you'll feel like the odd man out because you feel like okay i don't feel this way so you know i i I love what you're doing and i think this platform is is really great and to normalize as much as we can there's just such an un um unhealthy amount of you know mom shaming and guilt Mm -hmm. and you know, my husband never feels guilty. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, of course, now, you it's know, he went, yeah, with the hockey different. season and stuff, of mm-hmm. course, they have their own, they carry their own weight as far as being away from right. their kids and stuff like that. But, you know, especially in that first year, it's like, you know, if my husband didn't have the answer to something, it's not like the whole, you know, world was looking at him saying like, why don't you have this answer? Yeah. That's your child. Do, do you the research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, yeah. I just felt like, oh my gosh, if he was crying and I couldn't settle him, like that said something about me. And, or if I was just so exhausted that I was okay with my mother-in-law taking him out for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I remembered this one uh, acquaintance I had, um, you know, who she said like, oh, you know, I, I didn't leave my baby until they were X years old. You know, I just, you know, I never Mm -hmm. wanted to. And, and, you know, here I was like a few months Mm -hmm. postpartum where I was like, so grateful that I had some village around me helping so that I could rest and sleep and adjust, you know, to everything. So, um, yeah, I, that's a very long winded answer, but you know, 
I, I think that's what's special also about having multiple kids because you get to have all different types of experiences and realize yeah. that everything is normal. You know, you're going to have some easier experiences with one kid versus the other. And my husband even looked at me like um, a couple weeks postpartum and he was like, I'm so glad that you're enjoying this, you yeah. know, so much more than the first time because I think he also had that expectation of me, you right. know, from what he knows. And so I right. think it was also like caught him off guard that I just wasn't, you know, and, and not to exaggerate it, that it was like a terrible time or anything, but it just wasn't the level of, you mm -hmm. know, bliss and like happiness and, and, you know, contentment where I just felt so confident and, you know, I can handle everything as what I, you know, what I had expected. And I think like that transition and that like experience was probably exacerbated by the fact that you knew you wanted to be a mom and you knew you wanted this like lifestyle. And so I think I've talked to a bunch of people that some were like, oh, I didn't really know if I wanted kids. And they ended up being like, you know, having super, super mom skills, like mm -hmm. right away. It's just so funny because it's going to be different for everybody. And I think what you shared, something I just wanted to like highlight before we wrap up is just like, your experiences like early on don't define you as a mother because it's there's only room to grow for you and your kid like your baby is learning how to exist you're learning how to be a whole new person like so I loved what you said about like just kind of releasing some of the expectations we put on ourselves because we are definitely our harshest critics we're always like finding things wrong with what we're doing and I was like I would never well some people would tell other moms how to do things but I would never tell another mom some of the things that I tell myself and I'm sure you could based on what you said you could relate and it's oh, like why do for we do sure. that why do we do that like it's like cut yourself some slack it's hard easier said than done but like I just if only I gave myself the advice I give, you know, all my friends, exactly. but I, I really do pride myself on like being that person in a lot of my friends' lives who they can come to me and I'm going to be fully honest with any experience. Yeah. I never, I want people to feel like whatever situation they're going through is totally normal because I've received, um, you know, unsolicited advice from people. And so I mm -hmm. always tell people like, Every baby is so different. There's really right. no one advice that even if you're an ex quote unquote experienced mother, every situation you're only is experienced so in your kids. Exactly. If you're an experienced mom, it's only your kids. So you really can't comment on humbles anyone you. else. Yeah. Oh, parenting humbles yes. you. As yes. soon as I think like, oh, I would never no, then you're gonna get a kid who's gonna make sure that you do what you said you would never do. So Yeah. I I try to just I just know that as soon as it's smooth sailing, there's something coming around the corner. Exactly. exactly. That's really going to humble it's, me and put me in my place. It's so true. It's like you're, I think I read something or shared something recently on my personal Instagram where it was like, you know, you never stop learning how to be a mom. Like no. you don't ever arrive. Your kids keep like your kids keep changing. So, so do you. So it's like pointless to think that you've mastered anything ever because you just, 
are not going to ever. never. So no, just, just release that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, release just that. ride with yeah. it. Just ride with it. I mean, yeah. we're, I was just talking to my mom and she's like, I can't believe you guys are all 30 years old. And I was like, I, I don't feel 30 years old. And I still talk to my mom as if I'm young and she's still mothering right. us. And you know, yeah. we're all adults and we have our own kids yeah. and she's still mothering us. So yeah, it yeah. never, it never ends. It's I know crazy. now that I have my daughter, it's like, I've even thought like to the future of like when she's going to have her own kids. And I'm, I'm, I know it sounds so silly because it's so far off. Who knows if she'll even want yeah. kids, but I'm right. already thinking to myself, like, what do I want to remember that was like so yeah. helpful to me in this time that I can go there and just be of service to her yeah. and help her through this big transition. Maybe it's going to be easier yeah. for her. Maybe it's not. But, you know, yeah. yeah, my mom has been amazing through it. And and so is my husband's mom. And so it That's is great. very interesting. You know, I could talk forever, just the different generations of women kind of connected, helping each other along. The biggest difference now is we just have way too much content to consume. I talked to my yeah. mom about it and, and she was like, if, if anything was the only advice we got was from like when we took we went to your pediatrician and if they would yeah. tell us, hey, you know what? He, you can just let him sleep through the night. He's big enough. That's fine. Then my mom was like, we would go home and we would just follow that advice. And we didn't know yeah. what anyone else was doing. So it's, yeah. it is a tough time for, to be, you know, to be a person, but just to be, especially to be a mother and this new generation mm -hmm. of just content everywhere all the time. And you think, oh my goodness, I need to, you know, that's, that's a huge difference between my son and my daughter as well. Even in the short amount of time between the two, with my son, I was really trying to be regimented of like, he mm -hmm. needs to be on a schedule, a feeding schedule so that he gets full feed so that he sleeps well. And we yeah. need to have him in his crib at this time. So he doesn't get dependent. And with my daughter, mm -hmm. I've just like, I just roll with it. I let everything go. You do you, honey. <laughs> I, cl I cluster feed her when she feels like yeah. feeding. I just go solely off intuition with her. And it's definitely, um, you know, suited me much much better. And yeah. I feel like she's more calm. I'm more calm. You don't know which came, you know, which came yeah. first, but going off intuition has, has benefited me much more. I love hearing that because I, I mean, I'm going into my second experience and I, same thing with my son Slater. Like I was so like in touch with his sleep. And I had this app where I tracked like everything because I just didn't know what I was doing. And it gave me some peace of mind to do that. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I'm just like, I feel like I'm going into this second experience with just more confidence in myself and my mm -hmm. own abilities that I feel like I won't need some of those external tools as much. And maybe I will, maybe I'll revert to what I know and what worked well, but it's just like, it, it feels so empowering kind of going into the second time. Cause you're like, okay, he's still doing fine. I'm doing fine. I, I got know. This. Like we need to give we'll like fine. kudos to all firstborn children because you yes. were just an experiment <laughs> and we were learning with you and you probably got a more stressed yes. out mom, but yeah, you know, like yes. I think, I think you have your first for, you know, the, whoever, which, which baby you had first, you have it for a reason. And, you know, Absolutely. Forrest is such a good first child and, you know, yeah, you just learn. I think you'll, I, I have a hunch. You'll probably be more like that this, the second time around, but yeah. Um, yeah. I understand it. Either we'll, way. See. Yeah. we'll see. We'll see. You'll see. Well, thank you so much, Sydney. I appreciate your time and you're just sharing your life stories. And like you said, I think women will benefit from honesty and just, 
openness. So I appreciate you very much. So thank you. So appreciate you. Thanks for doing all this. It's such an amazing idea to create a platform for this. So, it's so fun. Going. There's so many women <laughs> with amazing stories. So 